Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of Slow Your Roll. We have a college football preview special for you today. Despite, I'm sure, Jesse Caulfield's objections, we're doing this anyway. And we were going to be sitting down with our college football uh, college football guy, college football expert down there in South Carolina, Larry Lorenzano. And he's going to be joining us right here in just a minute. As I said, we're going to be talking so much to talk about week one craziness, uh, ranked teams facing each other. Big SEC team goes down Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC next year. Uh, what that'll do, that sort of power grab and new coaches and, you know, predictions, anything like that. So with that, Larry Lorenzano is with us to give us uh, his perspective from down there in South Carolina. How are you doing, Larry? Dominic, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It uh, didn't quite go the way I would have wanted to all the time in week one of uh, college football, but, you know, I'm doing all right. You didn't nail every game as usual? Oh, I don't bet. I don't bet college football. You know oh, that. that's right. You're, it's that's too crazy. Right. You're, it's, you're too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's too crazy. The NFL, the NFL has a system. It's easier to predict. College, <laughs> college can be nuts. That's right. You never know. You never know what's going to be the 19 year old's brain that Saturday, right? Yeah, Is that exactly. what's... I mean, there, there are some teams that look real rusty week one, huh? <laughs> I mean, before we even get into the first one, just, just to go on that point. I mean, Florida State. Look terrible last year. They nearly upend Notre Dame. I mean, the the craziness of college football when you have you know these teams that recycle through new people almost every season. So right. that's why I stay away from betting college football. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I want to start with there was a number of big matchups um, for Week One, um, but LSU UCLA to me is the one that might have some of the biggest consequences for it. And SEC fans and can be a little delusional, and I get that. But I will say this. It matters the way you lose. And I know the SEC fans, and it doesn't sit well with them that an unranked Pac-12 team ran the ball down their throat at will, 210 rushing yards. I read, I think it was the first time in a regular season game, a Pac-12 team has upended a ranked SEC team in about a decade. So Edo... I have been told this from people down there is all but out at this point, uh, unless something huge happens. I want to know what your reaction is to that and what your reaction to what you saw in that game was. Yeah. From the, um, from the bit I saw, I don't, I don't think it was a big surprise. UCLA um, was one of the, the more improved teams in the country last year. They played every game tough. Chip Kelly's finally started to turn it around there. So um, I don't think that was a big shock. Um, and for LSU coming off last year's defensive performances, we, we really aren't sure how strong they are. Reputation alone gets them ranked. Uh, what are they ranked? Top 15? To start uh, the they were 16th. No, they were 16th going to that game. Yeah. That's based on the reputation. So um, um, I don't think it was a big shock. And I think UCLA could contend there in the Pac-12 South. But, you know, the story on, on LSU, you start to wonder, um, was it all about the, the coordinators that, that Orgeron had for that title team? Uh, with Ronda going to, um, to Baylor to coach? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know about the offensive genius. Um, Joe Brady. Yeah, Brady uh, going to the NFL. You wonder if it was all about those, those coordinators that made that team special, along with, of course, some special talents. 
Exactly. And, and I think yeah. that's actually one of the things that's being talked about a lot down there. And I don't think it has to do with just the record. Um, it does have to do with the fact that they say Edo only had its, his success at LSU when Joe Brady and Dave Aranda came in. Right. And I, you know, I, from watching him at Wisconsin, I was a huge Aranda fan too. The LSU defense got a lot better. Now it's not good. No, I know. It was, uh, um, the job Perini did last year was really brutal. And that was, you know, I would say that was the thing that's still shocking to know how they can, they can recruit uh, the great athletes that they can recruit down in Louisiana and throughout the South to play defense. All the defensive plays they have in the NFL and to play def- defense this bad now for last year, the first week of this year, um, missed tackles, things like that. It's just it kind of blows your mind that, that the way they recruit, they can be that bad. Exactly. And I think the recruiting <laughs> thing is the other thing. And I and I don't agree with some of those Louisiana fans quite as harshly as they do. Because I, you know, I know Chip Kelly. I follow the other things. I know you're a big Pac-12 fan, so I follow the Pac-12. Um, and Chip had a lot of success in college already, so it seemed like it should be as long as they had the patience. It was only going to be a matter of time before he figured UCLA out. But to me, it still comes down to when you look at the team when they line up. As good as Chip Kelly is, you can't argue that LSU should have a big athletic and skill advantage. I mean. There's more NFL guys on that LSU team than there is on the UCLA team. Usually. I mean, the recruiting, even even with Edo's <laughs> down there, your recruiting still says the same thing. So I think yeah. that's part of the problem where it becomes he was horrendously maybe outcoached. Yeah. So I uh, think you might be right. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think that's part of the problem down there. I mean, are you getting do you have a I know you're in a, a little bit different kind of section of South Carolina. But are there a lot of SEC big fans around you or? Well, well the part of the state I'm in, um, it's more Georgia. And some, but there's a lot of Gamecock fans too. Although I'd say I see more Clemson hats than anybody because of Clemson's success, obviously. Yes. So, um, you, you know, you see all three down here. When it comes to pro sports, uh, it's more um, it's more Georgia and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But um you know, that brings, I guess, this to our Clemson and, uh, and the Clemson-Georgia game, which yes. uh, um, was probably better than a sleeping pill for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that was some kind of performance by the Georgia defense, and I, uh, I'm sure Clemson will turn it around. Mm. But, um, you know, if you were to just review week one, um, um, I thought we were going to get the Hollywood story there with the Florida State. I know. Game game and, and McKenzie Milton. Yeah. What a great story that would have been if he could have finished it off. And I tell you, the big, I'll never remember, I'll never forget the play. McKenzie led them to the touchdown drive. And then, um, and on a possession where they tied it with a field goal, they had third down at about six. And the, the snap was a ground ball to him. And they never got that playoff. And who knows what would have happened if McKenzie could have got that snap. And, uh, Maybe you would have had the, the storybook ending. I know. It, it was unfortunate to see that. But at the same time, there's a lot of positives to take from that game. Um, oh, no doubt. Yeah. I'm a huge Mike Norvell fan. I saw what he did at Memphis. You've always been, yeah. Yeah, always been. And it's even some of his success, especially with running backs, has uh, trickulated into the NFL. Antonio Gibson had a very nice year. Um, Daryl Henderson doing a nice job at uh, with the Rams. So you'd think maybe he has some recruiting windows with at least – specific positions that he could help Florida state out, but it was a mess the first year. And I believe in Norvell, but 
the landscape of college football is very impatient, especially if you're at a premier program. And I was wondering if they would give them enough time. That's an understatement. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But it seems like I know it's just week one, but facing a team as good as Notre Dame and how bad they were last year, it seems like Norvell could be turning a corner here. Oh, it definitely looked like after that performance, it definitely looked like it. They were just uh, just a big difference. You know, the biggest problem down there from talking to FSU fans the last few years was the offensive line play for that school has been terrible for, for quite a while. And it started off bad on Saturday night. Then they started to turn it around and they ran the ball pretty well at times. So um, I think uh, I think Novell was a good a good selection for them. And I think they're going to they're going to be back eventually. Yeah, Who knows? exactly. Maybe this year they'll challenge Clemson. That would be fun. They could. Clemson needs yeah. a challenge. I'll tell you that because the ACC other than Clemson is uh, it's not very strong. North Carolina was good last year. They had a rough start to the week one. But on a quick thing on Norvell one more time. Do you see the door as very wide open in the state of Florida right now? I mean, other than the Gators, Miami gets destroyed again by Bama. They don't look good the past three years. You would think that the door is wide open for Florida State here, recruiting-wise in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, Manny Manny Diaz has one of the best uh, publicity agents I've ever seen because we keep building him up as this great coach and the Miami program. He's the guy to turn around. And and it seems like every time they have a big game, they they pretty much fall on their faces, you know? Um, And he went out and he, of course, you got the great transfer transfer quarterback Mm -hmm. in Ken. And I thought that would, uh, I thought that might put him over the top, but um, um, they, uh, uh, they, you know, they were never in the game the other night against Alabama. But on the other hand, who is? <laughs> no, that that is true. But they've been trounced by uh, Clemson in back-to-back years. I know they've suffered right. upset losses. I know the yeah. real year that they got all the hype was when they beat Notre Dame, and then they played in the bowl game against Wisconsin. And the idea was, you know, the U is back. They didn't beat Wisconsin. And it's continued to kind of spiral downhill from there as well. So yeah, it doesn't seem like they're in a position they're going to be turning it around anytime and, soon. And the Wisconsin game was one of those debacles we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Correct. It was an embarrassing performance. Yes, it yeah. was. It was a very embarrassing. The score was closer than the game was. They, they yeah. scored, I think, like a late score near in the fourth quarter. But Wisconsin physically dominated that game. Right. Yeah. That was before De'Ara King. Or maybe King got hurt for that game. I can't remember what happened. That was before King. It was. Yeah. 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 So I, I thought that might be the difference. And because they were they really were striking out with quarterbacks. Uh, the Perry kid is now playing, I think, at FAU. He's playing somewhere else. FAU, yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I did see that. Yeah. All right. But, uh, we shall see. Yeah. Do you have any other takeaways from at least the week one matchups that you would like to discuss? Um, I can't remember that far back. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I'm lost without Jesse being here. I really wanted to talk football with Jesse today. <laughs> <laughs> really? But I will. Um, I'll talk about um, my favorite thing is speed. And again, it, it, it looked like some of the Minnesota defenders on a few of the plays were in quicksand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you have Alave and Wilson, those are weapons. And um, and the speed was just too much. Minnesota played them tough, but a few explosive plays when you get special players and that game is over. But what about um, the, on the last touchdown, 
you talk about explosiveness. Travion Henderson is a great story. I read about him. I believe he skipped his senior year in high school. Wow. Showed up at OSU. Is not starting yet, but he got in the game for that swing pass. Of <laughs> and then he put the burners on, and they still haven't come close to catching him. It was he's going to be special. Travion oh, Henderson. Remember that name? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think Ohio State is in a position where I look at the roster, and I yeah. actually think they're a challenge to the Alabamas, to the Georgias. Georgia's offense still didn't look great, even though they were very impressive by the defense. But the kid quarterback is a problem. You'd think as the year goes on, it's going to get better. But they have another tough test right out the gate now in Oregon next week. They do. That's right. Oregon goes to Columbus this, this week. And uh, and the Ducks are coming off a, a game that's um, a bit disappointing in beating Fresno State, which but people shouldn't take Fresno State lately. But it's funny how Oregon has changed. You talk about changing your um, your identity in three or four years with Coach Cristobal. Uh, they've gone from the high-flying um, speed merchant. <laughs> now they're a, a, a blue-collar power team, and um, it's not quite as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but they've really changed. They don't seem to have as many good weapons now. And, um, and uh, we'll, see if, we'll see what they can do in Columbus. There's not many tougher places to go to. No. Um, do you think that'll be a good game yourself? Or? I, I, think, I think it could be. Yeah. I think, listen, I think Oregon defensively should be at least a, a little more talented and a little more fast than Minnesota. They should be, yeah. So I think it could be a good game. Um, and remember, Minnesota was well on its way to winning that game until that awful timing on the personal foul. Six-year senior, yeah. That's Six-year right. senior at the worst point in the game. I think Minnesota had just taken the lead and they were driving to exactly. expand the lead even more. Yep. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah Unbelievable it, it, timing on that penalty, yeah. It, re- it really um, was. And, and I like that Oregon at least had a real team coming out the gate Yeah. in Fresno State. Oh, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, people I mean, don't realize that is a tough game. And I think there's no doubt that Thibodeau will play, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, no, no doubt. I think Tim yeah. will play. But yeah. uh, your other Pac-12 team, the other one that we <laughs> talked about earlier, now off the biggest win probably in the school's, you know, history, at least for the past, you know, couple of years. Like the biggest win in UCLA in a long time came last week against LSU, right? It is. In quite yes. a while. Yep. Now they're going to actually have to go play Fresno State. That's right. And that okay. is not an easy matchup considering... No. 19-year-olds no. who've just had the wildest win in the program's history, at least in the last five years, 10 years, you know? Yeah. So. And Dorian Thompson is still not looking that smooth either the last, the first two games. Um, so we'll see. That should be an, an, another good game. Yep. Yep. And certainly uh, that would take a lot of the um, the glitter off the LSU win if you lose to Fresno the next week. Not that oh, losing, really? Nothing bad about losing to Fresno, but. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> It'd be bad yeah. for Coach O. It would look really bad. <laughs> yeah, it might be another nail in his coffin if that does happen. I'll tell you that right, right. now. Um, so let's let's go over the outlook for some of these conferences. You think from this year's perspective, um, we'll start in the SEC. Obviously, everybody thinks Bama's the favorite. I mean, come on. I think Alabama is a favorite. Um, you know, people. Um, People, uh, Texas A&M seems to be strong at all 11 positions, but the quarterback is just, 
who knows who it is? I mean, I've read his name and I already forget. Uh, Kellen Mond was not an all-star, but he was certainly steady and he played college ball about, about 15 years. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was an experienced quarterback. So they got to replace him. So, um, yeah, I'm not buying a and but the game is, the game is a college station. So it, is. it should be fine when they play it. Um, and- in the East, in the East, I think the Gamecocks are going to win it all. I really do. No, come on. <laughs> hey, you think Beamer is going to do it that quickly? <laughs> no, that's wishful thinking. Um, it all comes down. I mean, this will be about, I don't know how many straight years. It's going to come down to the Georgia-Florida game again. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't, I can't see Georgia beating Bama. The offense just can't hang, in my they, opinion, from what I've seen. I know. It was only one game, and they talked about how much it improved last year. Um, you know, it is weak. It can be rusty in week one. We'll see. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, they don't have the name. They don't have the name running back like they usually do. Mm-hmm. But you know it's Georgia, so I'm, uh, I'm sure those kids are a five-star type, you know, recruits. So we'll see. Sometimes there's uh, a program problem, though, on a certain side of the ball, despite who you recruit. I mean, this oh, is what about Georgia offense, right. Yeah. Talk so, about the Georgia offense. Yes. Yeah. So I am worried about that. I think Dan Mullen's a good enough coach, smart enough offensively, and enough recruiting and athletic talent on defense where I feel like he might be the one who could maybe upend Bama, but I still don't see it happening. But what about yeah, Lane Kiffin? Is Kiffin ready? I don't know, but his, his uh, team is ready, huh? They looked impressive. Yeah, yeah, they did. And um, um, do you think there's always been that sort of rivalry? Kiffin is smart. Kiffin can put uh, some sort of pressure on bigger games that other people can't. Even if he's not ready this year, do you see maybe even even if it is old Miss, uh, the personality, the ability to recruit, the offensive mind, do you think there's a chance Kiffin could push Shaben in the next couple of years? You think Kiffin do what? You think Kiffin could push Saban? Oh, oh, um, no, no. I think I think I think Kiffin is going to be fun. I think Ole Miss is going to be the most entertaining team maybe in the country to watch. But no, I don't think I don't think they're going to push Saban. Okay. I think, uh, what Alabama is doing now is get them in a different plateau, almost. You know, Ohio State is like very close, like you said. Clemson is very close. Hopefully, that was just one of those off nights the other night, and they have completely lost it. Um, um, but no, I don't think. I think I think Alabama is too good, don't you? Yeah. I, well, I think this year, but I do think I, I was saying maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, it maybe could maybe they could they keep they could recruit. They got to keep all the Mississippi kids because it is a football crazy state. But it, and, to me, you know, if, if you're going to have somebody challenge Saban in the SEC, it has to be a guy like Kiffin. It has to be a big, over the top personality that can get recruits to say, instead of going to Bama, I'll go here. I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this uh, thing that beats beats the big dog. Yeah, yeah the empire. Exactly. Right. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So maybe we'll see. Maybe he can. Um, uh, you know, maybe he can get the next big quarterback after Corral graduates. I'm not even sure what year Corral's in. Um, 
Um, but, you know, instead of a Bryce Young going to Alabama, get him to go to Ole Miss. That would be a, that'd be a big step. Exactly. Um, Bryce, Bryce Young was, a, I mean, there's no, there was no surprise to me he had that opening game. He was, no. they've been talking about him for so long coming out of high school that, that yeah. there was no surprise. Yeah, absolutely fact, uh, Florida and Alabama play on the 18th tweet. Okay. Yeah, week from Saturday. So, nice. big early season game there. Huge. And that's in a the lot swamp. of big games to yeah, start the year off. The, that's in the swamp. Yep. Well, that's good, at least for Florida. Uh, let's transition out to the uh, the Pac-12 real quick. Um, UCLA. Your conference. The what? Your favorite conference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mediocre Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> uh, UCLA has might now have come out as the front runner after the LSU one. Um, how do you see that conference going out? I mean, usually it's Oregon, USC, and now we have UCLA in the mix. Uh, what are you looking for, and who do you think is – in the position to win that conference. Well, as I as I told you once a year, um, and I'm all, I, I'm a Pac-12 defender because I think it's very balanced. But I think I think they're showing weakness now more than before. Um, the, the North, the best, did I say West? The Pac-12 North, other than Oregon beating Fresno State, all five teams lost yes. their non-league openers. Uh, Washington uh-huh. lost to an FCS school in Montana. They did. A pretty good FCS school, but they still lost. And, and Washington was probably almost a co-favorite with the Ducks in, yeah. in the North. So that was a big loss. Um, it's crazy how fast that's gone down since Peterson's left. What's that? It's crazy how far Washington has fallen since Peterson left. Very yeah, happy I know, fast. I know. They still, they, but their recruiting has been good, and I think they're going to be okay. Okay. And I think though, I think, uh, I think it'll be an Oregon. Uh, in Oregon-Washington race. It looks like Stanford is not there yet. Uh, Cal is going to be Cal. They're going to be 500. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon State will surprise some people and go 4-8. and eight. And um, Washington State might only go like 2-10. Two, two and 10. So I think it'll be an Oregon-Washington duel. And the South is now the more interesting conference. If USC doesn't run, run away with it, I think UCLA will contend with them. And uh, we'll have to see about Utah. And I think Arizona State's strong. So, oh yeah, I do. I do like Arizona State. I like what Herm Edwards has done there. Uh, yeah. Another sort of personality thing that I think, because a lot of times that matters a ton in college, not as much in the NFL. Uh, right. When you can have even the NFL pedigree, the staff, everything like that. I like what they have there. I, you know, my opinions on USC. I, I, I don't like it. I know they can recruit. I don't like Helton, and I think. If he goes up against Kelly, I think Kelly's going to outcoach him. I expect UCLA to beat them. Okay, we'll see. It should be a great game. That'd be great. You know, that's always a great game if, uh, uh, if USC, UCLA are playing for, for a title at the end. That would be fun. But Arizona State will be tough. They get the, tough. They get the experience of quarterback with Daniels coming back. And, um, and Edwards is really – I think Edwards has really proven he's, he can coach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think he already did, but I think he's he's topped it up even more now. Yeah, I don't even know if is is there are a lot of other conference races worth going over right now. I mean, like we kind of think Ohio State in the Big Ten, Oklahoma's probably winning the Big Twelve. I do want to transition to the Big Twelve though, to transition into the conference talk. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma are about to leave. Uh, before we talk the SEC power grab, uh, I want to talk all these teams that the Big Twelve could be inviting in. Uh, BYU, UCF, uh, who else? 
was on the thing. Um, trying to think who else was getting invited into the Big 12. Well, the, 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 I think they did send out four formal Houston. invitations to, to Houston, BYU, uh, UCF, and Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati, thank you. Okay. One that yeah. doesn't make sense uh, regionally. Cincinnati? That doesn't make any sense. Um, West Virginia's in. I, that's true. It makes <laughs> sense. Hey, listen, it makes sense from a money perspective because Ohio. Uh, yeah. And you'll get that market. But that's why. Because regionally, yeah. it makes no sense. Um, no, of course not. But it, yeah. Do it, you, it, it, did, it didn't want to, they brought in West Virginia either. But <laughs> money yeah. talks, right? No, no, it didn't make any sense. Um, do you think that could be enough to save the Big 12, in your opinion? I do. I do. I, you know, but it's funny. It's enough to save it in the eyes of somebody who loves college football like you or I do, because if the Big 12 has a great race and we see the great traditions all the time that, that we're starting to lose because, because all these presidents care about the bottom line more than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but it, if, if the Big 12 doesn't have Oklahoma and Texas, but they end up having a great race and it comes down to BYU and Oklahoma State, again, then as a football fan, I think that can still be fun. You know, yeah. so I think they'll hang in there. Um, but the way it's going with money and TV contracts, the SEC gobbles all this, gobbles up two more big teams. Then they go to ESPN and say, Look what we have now. Let's redo the contract. I want more money now. And it's, it's, it's depressing to think about it so much. It really is. It really is. But I, I tell you, another thing I got uh, with the alliance that just happened with, the, with um, kind of peace pipes being smoked between Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. The thing I got out of that is, the thing I got out of that was that the three conferences, the three conferences were kind of saying, Okay, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and pick out who you want from the Big Twelve to, to, to make us all better. That's what I get out of that. Maybe I'm being cynical, but maybe, maybe. I mean, listen, it makes it makes uh, sense. Um, the only thing is, I just don't see a ton in the Pac-12 that a ton of teams are going to want. Uh, the funny thing is, a lot of the teams that are about to join the Big Twelve, I think, are teams that were talked about joining other conferences, and then it just never happened. I mean, yeah. BYU, I know BYU wasn't allowed in the Pac-12 uh, because of the religious thing. Um, Texas barred Houston from being in the Big 12. Uh, Texas. And I think, and I, think um, I think the other thing, the other factor is that there's no real need, numbers-wise, there's no need for the ACC or the, or the Big 10 to expand. They have a, a good number now. Um, and the SEC had a good number, but the only reason they expanded is because of the two programs yeah. that they were, they were stealing. Yeah, exactly. Their number um, was fine, but how do you say no to, to Texas and Oklahoma and, and all the TV money that, that's going to draw? So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and from that, I want to transition to Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Um, just how you think that's going to go. I think it makes a ton of sense from Oklahoma. I'm not talking about from a money standpoint. I'm talking about purely football. Um, Oklahoma, I actually see as a, another team that actually could push Shaben because Lincoln oh, Riley, yeah. Lincoln no Riley has the pedigree. Look at all yeah. his quarterbacks that go on to win Heisman's and go to the NFL. So he can recruit with Saban for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Maybe being in the SEC, 
um, and getting some of the more SEC recruits will help with his defense as well. But I don't know if Texas is ready. I know Sark is there. They look good week one. I'm worried that te- I'm not worried because I don't like Texas Longhorn football. I'll be honest. You don't No, I, I can I tell. Really, no, I, I really hate Texas Longhorn football. Um, but if I was a fan, I would be worried that the program is not ready for big boy SEC football. Well, I think, you know, you, you may not being that you're such a young dude, young man, you may not remember, you don't have it in your mind what Texas used to be. And I know they haven't been there lately. Um, but I'll tell you right now, I can see down the road in a few years, if Texas puts it all together um, and Texas and Alabama are playing a big game, you're talking about maybe a record setting TV audience and everything. Okay. An unbelievable huge game. And I think they'll turn it around. It's just, um, they have the brand name. I don't think they've lost. I think Nebraska's lost it, but I don't think Texas has lost the brand. All right. We'll That's see. Yeah, we will. We will see. Um, and Sark and Sark is now dry. So we're all set there. I just, I don't know, man. I, I just think you failed at USC and now I'm supposed to give you a ton of credit because you were able to go to the factory of Alabama and work under Saban. <laughs> and now I'm supposed to think just from that, you're great. You're going to be a great head coach. I, I don't know if I just buy it yet. So well, do you think, do you think you could have been a successful offensive coordinator with, um, with Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle and yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know what my offensive game plan really could have been. Um, I'm going to play Madden the night before. And just do ask Matt in the whole game and use those plays and bring them to Alabama. And <laughs> Alabama will make it work because I have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That, It'll be that, interesting that. to see um, 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 Bill O'Brien's there now. He got off to a good start against Miami. So, we'll just see yeah. how Coach O'Brien does. Um, it's so funny. That's. Uh, Saban has become the rejuvenator for coaches who get, who get canned and, and are on a downswing. Mm-hmm. And uh, things didn't end up too good for O'Brien there in Houston. No, no, they did not. I, I, you know, I wonder if this is purely just me thinking. I wonder if why Saban does that. Is he so demanding? He's so particular. And he needs people who understand why he is that way as a head coach. I wonder if that has something to do with why he likes bringing in so many ex head coaches to be his assistants. Oh, because they'll understand where he's coming from. And yes, you might be right. Yes. We've heard I, for years. It's very hard to be a coach under Saban. Yeah. I think he, and, and I, I think I bet too, he's also constantly learning. I mean, he brings in these experienced guys who've been in situations and maybe he hasn't been, he's picking up more knowledge. He knows they've got the experience and, um, and he, and he uses it. Oh yeah. And to and, Nick's um, credit, but to Nick's sorry. credit, we know he's learning and always adapting because his dynasties have looked very different. They were defense, D line, all that in the beginning. And now he's transitioned to up tempo quarterback wide receiver. You're, ta- you're, right. you're talking about, um, I mean, if you look at college football, has there been a more significant assistant coach um, signing than when he brought in Lane Kiffin? No. No, I mean, it just changed the landscape of football. You took this this unbelievable tradition built on great defensive teams, built by the, the best, maybe the best coach ever around, and then it got better, and he expanded his horizon when he brought in K- 
kill them. Yeah, I think college football was in danger of passing Saban by until Kiffin got there. Wow, maybe, yeah. Yeah, because the system's starting to, you know, that defense stuff wasn't working as much with all this up-tempo and you could get the talent. And yeah. I, I do think, and it's still a credit to Nick Saban because so many oh, yeah. coaches will just get stuck in their ways and not adapt. So it's still a credit to Saban to be open enough to realize that the winds are changing. And one of his best quotes, maybe his second best quote after the Rat Poison, is, um, is um, he said, it used to be that, that defense wins football games. And he just came out recently or in the last couple of years that that's not true anymore. Nope. That is the old way. It's not like that anymore. No, not at all. Um, from that, I want to transition to now, since we're talking about coaching, uh, just to look at some of the new head coaches uh, in college football right now. Um, you can go where you want to go with this. Uh, I want to, I want to start real quick though with Auburn and Harson being there from Boise state, because Auburn is the, perfect manifestation of what I say is long with college football a lot of the time, at least when it comes to coaching, unreal, unrealistic expectations and kicking out coaches. Gus Malzahn, I'm a big defender of, I thought he was great there. He immediately gets a job at UCF, which is a very up and coming program. I think he's going to do wonders there. They bring in Harson from Boise state. It kind of seemed like a weird fit. Um, their second fiddle in their own state. You know how I feel about, you can't be second fiddle in your own state in recruiting. Um, so what do you see for Harson at Auburn? Do you think, is it a bad fit you think, or do you think he, he's going to be successful? Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I think uh, I, I really think the jury's out on it. He, he knew about not being familiar with the conference. So almost his entire staff, he went out and got people with SEC experience. They'll kind of cover up with that. Um, I think his job is easier by the fact that he's coming into a situation where he has a quarterback that's had two full years already, even though he's been a bit of a disappointment. I think Nick's is still very talented. And I think when a kid is that highly regarded coming out of high school, I don't think – chances are he's got, he's got some talent. He's going to be a good one. So I think Auburn's going to be okay. I think they've got a good chance to um, finish second right behind Alabama. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what other coaches are you looking at? New head coaches are you looking at? And, you know, either you Everybody think. Everybody down here is looking at Beamer. Um, um, very young, very young coach. <laughs> first head coaching job um, in the Southeastern Conference, obviously. Had, um, does have the experience of being, you know, he would that would have been a ridiculous hiring if he didn't come from a position where he was right there alongside um, um, in Oklahoma. Yeah, of, of Lincoln Riley. I think uh, I to get that kind of experience, I think just makes him a qualified candidate just like that. Okay. Um, you know, some coaches, some some people don't like the rah rah type, and some do. Uh, Campbell at Iowa State's a rah-rah guy. He seems like he's done all right. Um, nobody's more rah-rah than, Flo- than Fleck, right? Up yeah. And I think Beamer's going to be that kind of guy. Rob, a very, um, he got an ad campaign on Facebook. I can't I can't go on Facebook now without seeing an ad for South Carolina football. I'm down here. That's why. But um, So his PR work is good. We'll see if he can do the rest of it. And um, and uh, we'll know right away. They're they're even this week. They're, they're uh, 
The point spread is even against East Carolina. I was kind of disappointed they weren't a favorite. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, and the story on Beam, as you probably know, he was responsible for much of the recruiting during their la- their great years with um, with Spurrier about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a lot of roots in the state already, and I think that's going to be a good one. Other coaches, let's see. Obviously, um, obviously UCF um, with um, – Yes. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, the the one the, the one I was really down on is Tennessee with Heifel. Um, the the AD went the AD went to Tennessee from UCF. Then he brought Heifel with him over there, and all of a sudden, all I was reading about was the um, the transfers out of Tennessee, oh. which which happens a lot. But they they lost a lot of good players. Uh-oh. Um, they did bring in some afterwards. I think they got, did a lot of Juco stuff afterwards, but I think, I think it's going to be a real long year down in, uh, down in Knoxville for, for them. Um, the other new coaches, let's see, you have to refresh my memory. I can't remember them all, but, um, but I think those are pretty much the main ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, Arizona's got a new coach. Uh, that's, let's, let's even yeah. if he's, even if he's good, I mean, that's, that's going to be a, uh, that's going to be tough. Project, yeah. And he was in like I never I never heard of him when he was in New England. Did you? No, no, I did not. I, I thought it was kind of a it was a out of nowhere hire. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Vandy. I, know. I don't know. I, I never heard a judge in New England either. And then he became the coach of the Giants. So. Yeah, the jury's out on that on how it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't started too promisingly. Well, that's where these people these people they go to the successful uh, programs, pro and college, to get. Um, they think, it, they think it's going to be magic if you bring in somebody from one of those. Yeah. What of you think about a lot of Belichick's assistants haven't done all that well, have they? No, no, no. Uh, Flores looks like the only one oh, that's, that's, right. that's really going to work out. Yeah. The Lions was a disaster. Yeah. The Lions was a disaster. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's Bielema at Illinois. And then we talked about Sark at Texas already. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bielema was a great... You know, that's the opposite of Harson, where he's uh, he knows the conference. He's taking a job where he knows the conference. He has experience as a head coach. Um, he probably never should have left Wisconsin. I believe the story with him leaving there, and maybe we, he just didn't get along with Alvarez. Is that what yes. you heard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he and Alvarez had problems. Um, yeah. He accused Alvarez of trying to be too hands-on with the program. Of course. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, I don't know. There hasn't been the same critique since, though. That he hasn't, right? So maybe it's maybe it's Bielema or maybe Alvarez learned. I don't know. Yeah, but Alvarez sat back and let um, what's his name, the Oregon State coach, when he was there, right. sort of changed Riley. the offense. Oh, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know what that means, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Those two are the only ones who really know. Um, this last thing I want to touch on real quick, yeah. uh, the playoff expansion. Um, recently we've heard that it's been nixed, um, for now, but we talk about money. I mean, it kind of seems inevitable that there'll be some sort of playoff expansion at some point. I even said it last show when talking to Jesse, uh, I think the playoff is one of the key things that has kind of ruined college football. Um, but where do you see with playoff expansion? And do you think it really will change the balance of power at all? 
No, no, it's no. not going to change the balance of anything. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, it's still going to come. I mean, if you had eight teams this year, it would still come down to Alabama against either Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Georgia, probably. I mean, yeah. um, no, it's not going to change anything. Um, I just, as a, as a, as a traditional traditionalist, right wing nut football fan, <laughs> um, I just hope they don't get to the point where they ruin the things that matter. And that's conference races. Um, to me, to me, um, um, just, just for the people who love, for, for the people who really love the game, they want to know who wins the conference USA in Sun Belt in the MAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and their rival, the rivalry game, right? If, uh, who's going to win them? Um, let's say Wisconsin and Minnesota. Let's say Wisconsin and Minnesota are not going to win a national title, but they play at the end of the year to win um, the Big Twelve West. Oh, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. For the true and, fan, yeah. But for the average guy who watches some NFL, some of this is not a big fan. Watches some football. They're going to hear about the playoffs. They're going to hear about that quarterfinal game between number seven against number two in the last week of December, and they're going to tune in, and there's going to be big ratings. So it comes down to that, and I think they'll keep pushing it, get the money, but hopefully I don't think they'll completely ruin the great traditional rivalries and, and the fun conference races that we have all the time. Yeah, I hope not. So uh, with that, I, I want to get into just quickly here, because uh, yeah. what are some games you're looking forward to now here in week two that you really oh, have your God. eye on? I believe uh, BYU and Utah playing this weekend. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> I do not have high hopes. You, you, you're not, are, they, are the Cougars, it's just a complete rebuild? It's not just a quarterback? Uh, okay. it's, it's a lot of a rebuild, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they didn't. You know what? I thought they would really annihilate Arizona. It was a pretty competitive game. So, yeah, yeah, you, you might be right. Um, but still one of the great robberies in, in the game. Oh, yes. Um, I got to check my list. Other games coming up this week. Uh, Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Oh, yeah. Right. A Cy Hall trophy, which, re- which has real implications. They're ranked 10, 10 and 9. Iowa State has a chance at the Big 12 championship as well. Right. And Iowa has a chance at the at the West. <laughs> yeah, the West. Well, they're not beating Ohio State, but uh, you never know. You never know. We shouldn't no. be at all. Like yeah, well, Ohio State still has a freshman quarterback, so we'll see. But Iowa, that was really impressive to do that to Indiana. Yes. I think most people had that game as a toss-up. Yes. And to play that well, and nobody. You know, that's one of the great things too about college football is identities of teams. You talked about maybe one side of the ball not always being a problem at some schools. You take Georgia, Georgia almost never has a problem on defense. No. You know, no. They, they, they pursue better than anybody. They have tremendous speed all the time. They're big and strong. That's Georgia defense. Iowa's the same way. Nobody, nobody pushes around Iowa. No. Those corn-fed boys, right? Yeah, nobody pushes <laughs> around those corn-fed boys. And I, I really like them over Iowa State this week. Yeah. We'll see. They got an experienced quarterback over there at Iowa State, though. That's the thing. Oh, they do. But is he a bit overrated? He could be. Yeah. He could be. Bro- and, I think Brock Purdy. And listen, when they play Iowa, this is so much of a different style of defense than what they're used to over there in the pillow fight conference of the Big 12. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, this is an Iowa State team. That, again, if they, they all, last week they, they had a tough game with um, 
Uh, was it an FCS informant or, or a group of five? I forget who it was. I forget who it was. Oh, um, it was, oh, Northern Iowa, which can be yeah. so good, but they just barely won 16 to 10. And of course, they get, they started last year losing to Louisiana by three touchdowns. So mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder how good the Cyclones are. And uh, I do like Iowa in that game. Okay. Okay. So then uh, I know we touched on Oregon, Ohio State. I think those are pretty much the, the big games. Yeah, uh, they the make, yeah, it's not a, it's not a huge week. Um, a lot of them, um, a lot of schools are playing. Um, a lot of the big guys are, are playing their patsies for their week <laughs> off. Alabama's yeah. got Mercer and uh, Oklahoma's got to play West Carolina. <laughs> uh, all right. Clemson playing South Carolina State Bulldogs. I saw that. <laughs> what, a, what a nice way to get back on track, huh? So let's see. Oh, you know what's a good game this week? We'll do we'll get finished with this. Appalachia State. I'm surprised with this point spread. Oh, you don't bet. I forgot. Appalachia State at Miami. What is it? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Miami five and a half. Nine. Because App State usually gets a lot of respect these days. So I'm surprised to see that. Yeah, they're a very, very good group of five team. Oh, I know it. I know. Maybe the best. Yeah. But that spread is nine, but we'll see. Um and uh, that's about it. Yeah, there's um, um, that's about it. Yeah, Stanford at USC used to be a good game, but I don't know. I, I don't know what has happened to uh, uh, out there to the, the Stanford Cardinal, but we shall see. It's we good shall. to have the season back, though. It is. It is. Will you be tuning into? I know you're a college guy. I am too. Yeah. Will you be tuning into the NFL game today? You think or nah? Uh, tonight is is. Um, Tampa, yeah, Bay, right, and their quarterback is who? <laughs> okay, Matt Reardon. <laughs> you know, I just and I saw some headlines recently in ESP, and I thought it said it said Buccaneers chance to go seventeen and zero, and I'm wondering teams get built up so much. They're a good football team, and and the way they dominated defensively last year. I thought Barrett and those linebackers were incredible in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about a team going 17-0. They were very fortunate to win the NFC title game. They were. They were very fortunate. If they don't get the blown coverage in the long touchdown pass to um to to the little to the little white guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. Thank you. Yeah, now, I, now they're gonna be now they're talking 17-0. It's fun how the media goes nuts, isn't it? It, it, it is. But I will say this. Yeah, go ahead. It's it's a weak conference that they're in now. The whole NFC? Well, their conference, their specific division. Division. I mean. okay. Yeah. Oh. So you're picking up maybe six wins across the board. You're really down in the Saints. I know that. Yeah. I just, without Michael Thomas, man, I, I just don't, I think they might have the worst wide receiving core in football. Yeah, I know. They, they really, they didn't do much about that, did they? No. 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 And Jameis is a big play playmaker, way down the field kind of guy. And if he doesn't have that, I'm worried, even with Peyton and, and the year, I'm worried if Jameis, without the separation from his wideouts, could start pressing. Yeah. Because we know he has that issue already with the turnover. So whatever. It is what it is. Well, Larry, yeah. thank you very much for tuning in. Dominic, it was fun. Yes, it Keep was. Keep up a good job. The show sounds great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Will you be glued to your TV this Saturday? 
because I will be. I was last week too. Um, I watch off and on, off and yeah. on. I think. Um, let's see. Last week I, um, um, I didn't catch. I was busy, so I didn't catch that Penn State Wisconsin game that you enjoyed so much. And then, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we won't talk about that. But, um, but um, the, the weekend, you know, the Georgia, the Georgia Clemson game we talked about was a, was a yawner, and then Notre Dame, uh, Florida State was just was just a blast. It was a oh, great game. It was a great game. It was a great yeah. game to watch. Absolutely, I, I was disappointed. I was working through part of it, but I got to see the uh, I got to see the last quarter. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yep. Okay, interesting decision for. Um, I guess I think he's going to stick with Travis, huh? Probably. I think so. He's like think quite so. an athlete. And, yeah, um, I think I'll but, stick with Travis. Yeah, but uh, maybe it's it's a nice option to have Milton too. Anyways, yeah. keep up the good work. Enjoy Thank the show. You, right. Thank you, Dad. And uh, you know, we might have you on again here during the college football season to to give us any okay. updates. Like well, that, so. I'm here. if you're desperate, I'm here. You take no, care. No, it's not just desperate. We love having guests on, especially people down there in Low Country who can give us a a better perspective. Because yeah, it was my, low perspective, country. my perspective exists basically in a vacuum right now. <laughs> your perspective is what it exists only in a vacuum right now because i'm up here in massachusetts where nobody cares really about college football oh exactly nobody <laughs> yeah i right. know well thank you very much larry for coming on the show BC, and have a good BC, rest of your week bc umass this weekend <laughs> <All right. laughs> you take care <laughs> yeah